You are now in the mix with the Atomic Podcast, where we blow up the news. Welcome back. It's 2015. Intellectual stimulations by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, where we're coming to you live from Times Square, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am Ephraim Guzman, along with my black, long-time, long, close personal friend, my heterosexual life mate, my Max, my cheese, the man of the power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey, and space is a place, Eve's the cannon, Sanin. Black? What the hell? <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> Did I say? Yeah. Oh, because uh, because happy belated Martin Luther King. What the? <laughs> okay, whatever. I was like kind of off, but okay. Well, it's been a long time since we talked since 2014. Welcome what, back, uh, folks. Well, welcome back, folks. But what the hell is that black have to do? You just said black. You just said black. Like, and then you went to the whole... No, because I was, you know, uh, representing God, they, Martin Luther King. Thing. You know, January. February is Black History Month. And then, but it's weird because Martin Luther King... It's, it's not February yet. I know. That's what I'm trying to say. Let me get to my point. Martin Luther King is, is on January, but Black History Month is celebrated in February. Now, why is that when the beginning of the month is Martin Luther King's birthday? But, you know, I digress. the government, please, because yeah. I, I can't answer that question. It's confusing to me as it is. I'm just confused at what the hell was going on. Yeah, I'm sorry. This was a weird intro. <laughs> like, Welcome back, Eve's the Cannon Santa. Hey, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Just, um, I guess everybody had a fulfilling Christmas. Everybody had a fulfilling We're kind of late, year. man. It's the 20, what's the 20, what's the 21st. Yeah, like, 21st, we really yeah. Like, like, yeah, we should have. Yeah, I feel bad because I should have been more, you know, attentive to make a show yeah. early in, this, in, 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 the, in January. Yeah, you know, fans have been clamoring. We have a lot of people out there that's been clamoring. Yeah, I you apologize. Know? I apologize. I've just been dealing with a lot of stuff. I got a newborn baby girl. Congratulations, by the way, Pebble Sanin. Yes. Pe- Why are you going to say my last oh, name? What oh, the hell is going on Wait a minute. I, everybody knows your last name. I call you Eve's the Cannon Sanin. Right, right. right. You're Okay, you're right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, my I'm, God. I'm not, I'm you sure you're not drunk, dude? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. So, okay, in the world of news... There's so, a, a plethora of news. Um, um, basically, right now, well, let's you know what? Let's start from the beginning of the month. What's the beginning of the month news that we've met? You know, we haven't spoken in a while. So, like, what? Um, the well, Sony talks with um the Sony talks supposedly, but Spider Man has acquired Marvel. That's that's been that's been reported in the Latino Review. Nothing has officially been said by Sony. Nothing officially they, they, has they, been they, said they, by they Marvel. They denied it. They denied it. They so, denied I mean, it. But. What do you think? How do you think that would have worked if Sony did, well, if Marvel did acquire Spider-Man? Because I guess, quote me if I'm wrong, it's supposed to be the Infinity War or like the later Marvel movies that, or well, Civil War, right? Yeah, Civil, Civil War. War yeah. That Spider-Man would be making the guest appearance in if they acquired him. What yes. do you think about that whole situation? Well, I think if they do have Spider-Man, which I... I so they would X out Black Panther. There would be no Black Panther. There would be Spider-Man. Like in the comic books. Spider-Man yeah, like in the comic books, yeah. But Spider-Man will be introduced in the Infinity War. Supposedly. If this is the case. Supposedly, if this is the case. And if he's introduced in Infinity War, that will be perfect. Because, um, supposedly, um, the main stars of Robert Downey Jr. Right, so, so well, let's, let's, let's let the audience know if they didn't, weren't too sure. Because Latino Review did have a... Uh, they did have a review... Stating that they, the first Infinity War would be a new Avengers team, and the second Infinity War movie would have the new, the old Avengers and the new Avengers team that was in Part One together collectively. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that's what it would be, including Spider-Man mm-hmm. to take on Thanos in yeah. two thousand what nineteen. 
Yeah, 2019 is the Jesus Christ. I'd be older in 2019. Well, think about it now. It's 2015, and we still look the same, except a few gray hairs and little pot bellies. But we're pretty much pretty much the same, right? Speak for your damn self. Yeah, that's true. You do look like Bobby Lashley a little bit, but yeah, you know. But um, um, going back to the topic, um, I think is that it would be phenomenal to see Spider-Man in a big screen, especially. As, as a part of Marvel as opposed to Sony because the Sony movies, to be honest with you, you know, it's it's okay, it's not great you know, I don't own so, them on DVD well, so. I don't, I, yeah, you get every DVD yeah, that's yeah, one thing about you, you do get every DVD so you don't own the Spider-Man no, 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 don't can't say that I do yeah, well. you know, and you know, I wasn't I, I'm a fan of Andrew Garfield, but if you're gonna if Marvel's gonna have um, Spider-Man back, you gotta change the actor you gotta reboot the whole storyline I gave the idea, I gave the pitch Definitely, you don't have to necessarily do an origin movie for Spider-Man for Marvel. You definitely could do a ten-minute flashback the same way they did the, incre- the same way they did the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. You don't necessarily have to have the whole movie focus on him becoming Spider-Man again. Been there, done that twice with two Sony twice, movies. Twice, twice. So, okay, that makes sense. So you think they will just do a flashback, quote unquote flashback origin, and then you know keep him as regular? Yeah. That's I think that's think that's the best way to do it. That's definitely the best way to do it if you don't want to go through the whole process again. Because you know us, we've already seen two rebooted Spider-Man movies. Well, I guess one rebooted Spider-Man movie. If you count Tobey Maguire, this will be the third rebooted movie. But you will definitely have to third, ju- the third rebooted. Yeah, movie. you have the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, which is not considered a reboot because that was our first introduction to Spider-Man. Then you had the Sony movie, which is a reboot of the Tobey Maguire, which was so Andrew you Garfield. Don't think Use Andrew Garfield again? No, I, I, they can't. They shouldn't. They then people will get confused because they will think Sony's universe is established with Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you know, what I'm saying I love Andrew Garfield as an actor, but he's he's diluted with the Sony um, label on him. Take then, him out. Correct me if I'm wrong, then, because I did see that there was a, a, a casting call for Spider-Man Three. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I really don't know about that. So I'm saying I don't know if. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if they're just doing that. And the thing is, Ed, that didn't really come from a reliable source. I think that came from a regular person where they say, oh, they're going to film Spider-Man 3 around, you know, my areas. I think somebody put that on Twitter or something. It didn't come from no one reliable, you know? So I'm not sure if that's 100% true. Mm-hmm, okay. If it is 100% true, who knows? They probably, Sony and Marvel have a working arrangement with Spider-Man together. Who knows? I don't really know the whole storyline for that. But, but I mean, they denied it, so... I guess it's not gonna happen. I mean, I guess they're gonna keep Spider Man. So I mean, they're gonna make a Spider Man. Th- I hope they don't make a shitty Spider Man three. Yeah, yeah. Part of my language, but that last Spider Man really didn't do. Uh, yeah. It's like what's going on, especially that Rhino part. Of yeah, it, and it was it, it was the Batman Forever of the Sony universe, you could say. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? it was just like, oh god, this movie sucked. Well, it didn't suck. It just kind of was convoluted all over the place. Like yeah. it's just all over the place. But let's just ju- let's let's stop that. So. And he, what, what else? What else? Well, um, Agent Carter already had um, two episodes premiere. Ant-Man the trailer. There it is. Yeah, the Ant-Man trailer was... Oh, that trailer was beautiful. Yeah, pretty good. What do you thought good. about the trailer? Um, I was pretty impressed. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was impressed. impressed too. There was people who weren't really impressed with it, but I was impressed with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though you didn't really get a tone of what the movie's going to be about, but, you know, he comes out of jail, and I guess he's like a super thief, and then, you know, Michael... Douglas is like having Robert Redford in the Captain America movie. Having Michael Douglas in that movie gives it a nice gravitas to the role and, you know, makes it seem like it's a, an official movie, having Michael Douglas in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, Ant-Man is a superhero. I'm not really too, too familiar with him, otherwise watching the old Avengers cartoon. But, in the cartoon, if they make him any way, like they make him in the cartoon, he's a phenomenal 
phenomenal superhero. So I like the way they kind of make they put both both Ant Mans in it. Like they didn't make it, you know, just you know, yeah. um, um, what's that Scotland? They didn't make it only. Um, what's the first Ant Man's name again? I forgot. Scott Lang and Henry no, Pym. Yeah, they didn't make it Henry Pym. They just they made it Scott Lang and Henry Pym. Like yeah. he was already Ant Man before. That's why I like the way they're doing it. The visual yeah. effects, you know. But it also, not, not to cut you off, it it takes it back to a callback because it's is genius how they did that. Because remember, Nick Fury went up to Tony Stark in the um, credits of Iron Man. He says, "You you think you're the only superhero in the world?" Mm-hmm. He probably could have been referring to there was already a superhero with Ant-Man at that time because Ant-Man came before at the time of Howard Stark and everything like that. Right, so it right, establishes right, right. there was already superheroes before Iron Man. Right, so right, right. in a way, it's sort of like a callback. Like, there's already he- heroes that have been established. Well, that, that's past. why he did it. And he was telling him, he said, you think you're the only superhero? I got, I guess he was talking about the Midwest when the Hulk was acting up. You know, yeah. Whatever. But, I mean, it, it just... The way Marvel's doing it is like they're really setting it up and they're really having everything like a solid ground on the bottom just, you know, to make sure they have everything... That will coincide with all the the movies together. Like a little bit and piece of every movie is all connected, which will equal like Avengers and you know everything else. Like, yeah. look at I don't want to jump to another topic, but the Avengers two has you know what's name um Cedrus. What is that name? The guy that was Planet Apes face. Like he he's he's Claw. He's the Claw and he's the Claw and um, Ulysses Claw. Um, Ulysses Claw. Um, Andy Circus. Andy Circus, which yeah. is you know a villain of. Of Black, Black Panther, Panther yeah. So, you know, everything is like connecting. Like you just yeah. you watch it, like oh snap, the claws in this. Yeah, like you know everything's connecting. Marvel's doing it in a brilliant way. Yeah, everything is definitely going to establish. You know, now, with this movie. Okay, okay which was gonna now say, now I was going to ask you since you know they're stating that you know well from Latino Review stating that there's going to be a new Avengers team. Who do you think is going to be that new Avengers team? I guess in the Infinity War Part One. Hmm, I, I don't take. Know. I guess I, I don't know because I don't think Ant Man will be in it. You don't think Ant Man would have been? What about know. Don Cheadle, War Machine? I, that's another thing. I thought, quote unquote, Don Cheadle, War Machine, supposedly dies in this. I don't. I don't. I think it'll be stupid to kill off the best friend of Iron Man. Like you know, what I'm saying that's like killing off Robin in a movie. I don't think it, it could be done. I don't. You know, what I'm saying there has to be a, a death in the movie, but I don't think necessarily it has to be a main character. Who you think is? Gonna, I mean, who you think they're gonna kill? Like who they can't? Well, they're not gonna kill the 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 the, the, the main. Well, they are supposedly. Well, Latino. I, I know we're basing on Latino review, but it's just like the way Latino review gave the whole analysis of what's going to happen in the future of Marvel was just, you know, kind of vivid. So it's like I can base it because you know, you just makes you think. Yeah. It's like stating that you know everybody's either going to go to jail, die, or something's going to happen to them, and they're not going to be you know the team anymore, and a new team is going to evolve. Yeah. So it's like I just like who would they kill? They, I mean. Hawkeye could be an expendable guy because he has a really core man. He was a core member of the Avengers. Like, why yeah, but he... the movies really haven't used him unless he gets really used in this movie. Depending on how this movie from goes, the, what, this, what it shows is like he will be really used. Yeah, and you know he 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 went back to shoot reshoots. So who knows what's that about? Either it could be for Ages of Shield, or either it could be for the movie itself. Who knows what's going to happen to Hawkeye? But. You know what I'm saying? It could be Maria Hill. It could be anybody. I don't think right. it's going to be a core member because if you think about Civil War when it comes out, I think the person who's going to definitely die is Captain America in that movie, supposedly, and then he comes back in, what, um, Avengers Infinity War. So I don't think a major death is going to happen in Avengers necessarily, but it I could be... turning into Avenger conversation, but I, 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 there's so much Avengers stuff to talk about. Yeah, and we not haven't talked in a while, while, so... Not to cut you off, but... We, not to cut you off, but just to say that um, the way this is going is that I think Bucky could be possibly Captain America. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, because I mean, if let's just say what happens to um, Steve Rogers in the in, in Civil War, because obviously in the comic book, you know, he actually gets killed. But 
What about Bucky? Not what about Bucky? What about Winter yeah. Soldier? Yeah. Winter Soldier did take on the mantle of Captain America mm-hmm. at, at one point. And, and Scarlett Johansson is also in the movie. Um, Crossbones is also in the movie. You know, so there's a there 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's definitely happening in the whole. The, you know the whole um, Marvel Cinematic Universe that is going to transpire, and then basically after we watch Aven- um, Age of Ultron, we're definitely going to see what's going to happen after this movie. So, so it's okay, so it's like then it's like the way like like I was going to say I digress from the topic before, but who do you think is going to be like a Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Inhumans yeah. of any sort? That's Captain be, Marvel, Captain if they Marvel, introduce her, the, yeah. the young lady Captain Marvel. Um, it could be some people from the Netflix show, if that's possible. I don't think so. You don't think they don't think they're gonna post that. I don't think they're gonna add like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and whatever yeah. because it's too cosmic. Like it's yeah. too cosmic. I think those Netflix shows are really based in reality. Like it's based in real world. Um, so is the whole Marvel franchise. Though, well, right? I think this is more like this is really happening. Yeah, New York City, City like just gritty. It's more gritty, right? Exactly. Right? Yeah. That they're gonna throw them in because you know I don't think they're gonna make toys of Daredevil or Jessica Jones and like because oh, you I know think, for yeah. marketing I don't think yeah. I think this is like a Netflix show like kind of like you know Orange is the New Black you know, yeah they won't play it on regular TV but they're playing on Netflix yeah. and they, it's like a gritty show that they, I don't think they're gonna do stuff like yeah. that because they would have to make like they're not making it reality they're not making it. Surreality based Meaning yeah. that it's like You know You can have the Guardians of the Galaxy And the Avengers And all these people do I think they're just making it For shows That we can have A different genre Like a noir If so to speak Nice of word Marvel yeah, yeah like Of Marvel Dark gritty Things like that Because if you know The Jessica Jones story Jessica Jones was really gritty After a while Like it got really Disgusting and perverted Like I don't know if you know It was like One of the The, the main villains Um had mind control over her after a long time and was making her, you know, do a bunch of orgy craps and he never really wanted to have... It's like, it's really gritty, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, Jessica Jones, like, if you... I mean, audiences, they know Marvel comic books, they'll know what happens, you know, because it's just like, it's just really, really raw and raunchy. So I don't think they'll be making marketing as in having Jessica Jones toys and Luke Cage toys. Even though Luke Cage was, you know, he's been profitable for, you know, as in, you know, comic book-wise, but I don't think they're going to have it. Even Daredevil. They have Daredevil in the freaking... The black suit for the black suit for the first season. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's gonna buy a black suit Daredevil in the toy store? Like, you'd be surprised though. Anything Marvel, they do actually make figures of it. Like, I, it would have surprised me if they do make figures yeah, based on not, it. But they'll make it like not as like Hasbro will make it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They'll make it as well. Like, it'll be like when you buy those Marvel Legends toys and like uh, each piece, right? Looks like, like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. People like you know regular kids don't buy Marvel Legends. People like us buy Marvel Legends and we keep them and post it up and we don't take them out the plastic. Yeah, I mean? and have it for years. Yeah, exactly. And stuff, yeah. You know, we don't. They don't take it out. You know, and play with it and then have it like Lego figures and you know certain things like that. We'll buy it. Like you know, I guarantee they're going to make Marvel figures of those, like Marvel Legends, quote unquote. But yeah. they won't make it as a marketing for kids to buy because the Netflix show is coming out to so get the Daredevil toy at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I think they they're not going to have them as you know Avengers. I don't think so. I think they're going to have like the. Marketable people that have movies like they'll have the Doctor Strange, well, um, they'll have the um, the Inhumans, which I think Vin Diesel's going to be um, Black Bolt if, I, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. he's going to be Black Bolt. I don't know. He's going to be the first actor in to two play characters. two Marvel roles, yeah. two Marvel roles in, in one in one um, in, in one which means studio to do both of them. But I think yeah. he's going to be Black Bolt. But yeah, I don't think it's. I think they're going to do a whole slew of characters. I think the twins are going to be in it. Um, Quicksilver and, and, and Scarlet Witch are going to be in the new Avengers. Of course, yeah. Vision's going to be yeah. in it. Vision's going to be in it, obviously. Even though they're not, you know, having footage of Vision, which I w- I'm waiting for. Yeah, I know we see, like, just, like, posters of Vision. Vision but... poster, and they show his back of his head when he was yeah. fighting in, like, you know, a clip of the first trailer. But yeah. I- I'm waiting for them to show Vision, because it's yeah. like Vision is part of the team now. That's really yeah. dope. Like, 
I'm sure it's probably like a lot of digital stuff. That's probably why they haven't showed them yet. Even though they have Paul Bettany, who's going to be Vision. I think it's right. a lot of dig- digital stuff. So probably we won't really see it as of yet. But that's another thing I was going to see. I know we're jumping the gun. We're doing a whole lot of Avenger talk. But if you do see on eBay, because I guess you know it is kind of over. Besides the reshoots, there's like casting calls that they that they're having on auction, and they're stating like you know different things happening in the casting. Yeah. It, I don't know if you saw it, that it said the that Vision, Vision kills Ultron. Ultron. Yeah. They they're not made specific like Vision kills an Ultron, but yeah. they wouldn't admit it's like Vision kills Ultron. Yeah. So I think Vision would be the one who's going to kill Ultron at the end of the movie. Yeah, I know, that's kind of a spoiler out there because it, it was just out there, but... It's a, I think, you know, it's a hundred days left, too? Yeah. A hundred days. Today, yeah, as today we talk. It's a yeah. hundred days until Age of Ultron. So when you hear this today, you know from now, when it's you hear this, a hundred days left. Left till all, um, Age of Ultron comes. Yeah, so Marvel is really killing it there. You want to jump into Suicide Squad real quick to just well, DC uh, balance? Yeah, well, okay. I mean, I heard Tom Hardy's out. Yeah, Tom Hardy's out as Rick Flagg. Supposedly, they're in negotiation with Jake Gyllenhaal, which would be a phenomenal choice as well. Yeah, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's a good actor, yeah. And then um, the whole story is basically, what is it, Joker is like the Hannibal Lecter, because he's in... He's, he's not Hannibal Lecter, he's but he's... strings from Arkham. Yeah, right? he's in jail most of the time. Mm-hmm. Might be a cameo from Batman in security footage. That's the rumor that's going around. Right, right, right. You know, but um, it's it sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty you know? good. I just want to see how the storyline is going to play out. Like, they say he gets out at the end, right? Like, yeah. Like, in the movie, the yeah. Joker comes out. But I don't know if he's going to be, like, a shadowy figure throughout yeah. the whole movie, which is going to be whack. Because, I mean, I mean, we want to know it's Joker, but we want to see him in action also. Yeah, but, yeah... I understand that, but if the whole movie is about Suicide Squad, it's not about Joker and the Suicide Squad, you know? No, but, but he's, gonna be, he's actually a part of the Suicide Well, I don't know. He's not actually a member of the Suicide, suicide squad, squad, but they're no. just putting him in it, which is kind of yeah. weird, too, but I don't know. Because of Harley Quinn, obviously. Yeah. Harley yeah. Quinn is going to be in it, so they want. I want to see how that's going to play out also. Um, uh, there's there's, there's um, uh, uh, a picture of um, Batman with the suit against Superman out well, there. Well, they said you that's like that? promo... T-shirts, pro yeah, T-shirts, yeah. The well, they're gonna. Sh- I guess they're trying to base it on Dark Knight Returns, yeah. the, the, the comic book by Frank Miller. They're trying to, you know, base it on yeah. that. Which, I guess. I mean, I, I don't. I still don't have faith in this movie. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know how I feel yeah. about that. I just don't think it's gonna pop. Like, I don't think. I don't, I don't know. I man. think it's gonna pop because it's a Batman Superman movie. Yeah. But they're doing too much, too much, too soon, too many things. Doomsday's gonna be in it. Like, why? What if the whole purpose of having a Dark Knight Returns? Kind of like the Superman and Batman universe, well, you know, Dark the, the, the Frank Miller is trying to compare yeah. it, but it's, it's kind of gritty. So it's trying to be like you know, yeah. real, we're kind of like real life, like things can happen. Yeah. But they're gonna have left field. You're gonna have Doomsday come out and fight. But like, think about it, you know, they're doing the total opposite of Marvel. Well, Marvel they establish everybody in their own individual movies until they join up in the Super Bowl of movies. I think Batman versus Superman is this choice. is they're the Super Bowl. Play, but they're trying to have a catch up, and I'm not talking about mustard. They're trying to catch up. <laughs> yeah. like, they have no choice. They have no choice. They're going to. They're losing. They're losing. That lineup yeah. that Marvel hit them with is losing. Of yeah. course, they're gonna have to. They're gonna put Doomsday. They're gonna put Aquaman. The, Aquaman. Right. Cyborg. Woman, right. Cyborg. Yeah. Everybody's gonna play a part. And even freaking um the girl Robin. They're gonna have. Was yeah. Like, if, if it is a girl, right? Is that? That's what they're supposedly saying. That girl. That the, the girl that they're supposed to. Jenna Malone. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She keeps saying no. You know how it always is. They say no, yeah. no, no, no. You know they're gonna get sued or you know whatever the case is. Yeah. But they're doing that like it's gonna just like it's like the gumbo is too much. Like you know you have too much seasoning, yeah. too much meat, and all that crap in the gumbo. Yeah, like, you don't want it. It's yeah. like I'm gonna watch the movie and I'm be like, okay, that's kind of ill. They're gonna have all these people, but damn, 
Like, I, I don't want to see all that. It's like, the storyline's going to, it's thin. You've seen what the Sony people said about that first Superman. Yeah, yeah. They, they, were, were, <laughs> like, they, they went in. And that was from the Sony hacks. Yep. And it was true. The Superman really, the Man of Steel, I don't know. I liked the action, though, for Man of Steel, dude. It, it was crazy, the action. I didn't like the action because it was too unrealistic. Like, okay, granted, Avengers, yes, uh, the whole city got mashed up in the city. Yeah. But this Superman movie, too many people could have died. I think there yeah. was a more death toll in the Superman, Man of Steel, than Avengers. And it looked cool in the Avengers. And yeah. Superman, I couldn't see. It was so blurry. I get it. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. I, I think we talked about this before, guys. So yeah. That's how we, it would be if you see superheroes fighting in real life. To the naked eye, they're super. Their molecules are different. But I'm watching the movie, man. I don't need you to give... I don't need them to show me what would really be going on if I was really there. I want to see the fighting. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? you want a clear shot yeah, of it. I don't want it to show me, okay, this is what was Just like happen. Godzilla, you don't want to see a hand and a foot and a mouth. You see, the way they did that, it was kind of ill because, you know, I mean, they, they teased you. They teased you until they showed the real fight. And Godzilla was a good movie. I'm not going to lie. I like that Godzilla movie, that the, the reboot they had this year. Well, yeah. last year, excuse me. It was a good movie. It, and part two, they're going to have, what, Mothra and... Well, I don't know if Mothra's another company, right? No, Mothra's no, Mothra, yeah. Mothra and, I don't know, King... King, King Gehorra. Yeah, like, yeah. all of them are going to be in there. Like, it's a fight. The Mothra, they did it well, and it wasn't, like, you know, cheesy. The whole origin story made sense. It wasn't bad. Like, it, it wasn't whack. Yeah. You know, my famous words. Yeah. It wasn't whack. That's whack! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't whack. That made a deal. But, like, back to what I was saying, I'm digressing away from the topic. Yeah. Too fast, too much, too soon. Gonna, it's not going to make any sense. Marvel's still going to have great movies, and they're going to try... This is next year, this um, Batman Superman movie's coming out, right? Yeah. No trailer, no pictures. People are starting to not really give a crap. Like, yeah. we give a crap because, you know, we're purists and enthusiasts. And we care about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, at least with Avengers and all the... You get bits yeah. and pieces. Like, yeah. This is our Gone with the Wind, dude. Like, this what? is... What's, what's our Gone with the Avengers? Avengers, yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And I mean, I can't wait till the Infinity War comes. I just want to see how they're going to do it. Yeah. I don't care how DC is going to do their, you know, superhero stories with them. I yeah. care about what Marvel's going to do because it makes yeah. more sense. Like, I don't care. Like, I want to see the new team. I don't yeah. care about the, event, the, the, the Justice League. Like, I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't. I mean, yeah. I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on how the Justice League is going to come out. That's like that. This casting is whack, and it's, uh. yeah. but I can go on for days and days. Speak your speak your piece. No, but I, I thoroughly agree with you on that. Um, uh, well, I, I just lost my train of thought, though. But um, <laughs> the whole <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about at one point, man. Yeah. So um, this topic today, it's it's um, reboots and remakes. Reboots and remakes. What do you guys Rebo- about? reboots well, well, and remakes? Well, who, who's the, who, who did you have the interview with? With um Josh um JTE. He's from the Schnoes the Schmoes No Movie Show, Schmoes no and he's movie the engineer. Show. Yeah, right, right. And right, we basically right. just talk about reboots, remakes versus originals, and we just give our opinions on which is better. Sometimes we agree to disagree, but you know it was it was a pretty interesting discussion about. The remakes versus the re- remakes, re- oh, versus the reboots. yeah, reboots and remakes versus the originals. You know, because sometimes, like, um, like Star Trek is really, uh, it's a reboot, but it's an alternate reality, but it doesn't negate anything that happened with the original but universe. Khan so. was in it, like Khan, like Cumberland, Cumberland, Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch, yeah, he, um, Doctor Strange, he was yeah. Khan, yeah. So I mean, it, they do have it in the same universe. It's like you know, Zod was in the Superman yeah. universe, so it's like. Reboot, but I don't know what you want to call it. It's reboot, but it's a it's a it's alternate a, it's universe. A, yeah, it, yeah. It's alternate a, universe with same characters, but a reboot. Yeah, 
It's a reboot. Oh God, I'm getting confused. Confuse the hell yeah. out of everybody. But that's the thing. The confusion with people. Like when people see, like, okay, for instance, for like example, I said, the like, Nightmare on Elm Street. See, you have the re the re remake, and then you have the original. You know, which one do you that's find what I'm better? Saying, like, I, I, okay, I like the the newer one with um, Warshak. What's the what's the guy? Jackie James Early. What the as, newer one? The yeah, as opposed one. to Robert England. Yeah, Robert England, you know, I grew up with him. He scared me half to death when I was a kid. But, you know, I yeah. like this one because it was a little bit more, I don't know, it was done better. I guess the CGI was done. After a while, wasn't Freddy turning into cars and, like, freaking, like... Well, I'm saying that's had, later on in the Freddy movies. I think they ran out, ran out of ideas. And like, Freddy became more of a, a, of a happy, like, go-lucky like, guy. It was, it was comedic yeah. after a while. But this one was really gritty and, like, he, he, like, they showed him how he actually died and how he still had the shirt on and yeah. all that crap. But what I was going to say, like, that's what I said, the whole continuity and confusion, that's what I'm saying with Andrew Garfield. Keep Andrew Garfield and stop confusing the people. Now you're going to make three Spider-Mans? No, because the thing is, Marvel has, the, if they have the rights back, you don't need Andrew Garfield. You need somebody new. Like, why are you going to have Andrew he's Garfield? A, because he's so affiliated with Sony, it's like, it's going to be confusing for people. I don't think people are even going to care about the, 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 the companies. I don't think people even give a crap. They're going to be like, oh crap, I think Spider-Man they do. Is, you think people are going to care? People, normal people, like, uh, uh, you know, like a... Uh, uh, average movie guard is not yeah. going to care about the... Oh, they were like, oh, oh snap, so Spider-Man is established because, you know, we, we had, um... Of Oscorp, and you know we had um, the Green Goblin. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna think all that has is affiliated with that. When Sony and Marvel have nothing to do with Yo, each you other, know, you it's know? not. You know why? Because the average moviegoer just watches the movie just for the sake of the movie. People like us are gonna feel like you know they need to have some continuity and have them separate. We care. They won't care. I'm telling you, they won't care. Right. You care. You care about the Sony. You care okay. about Marvel. You don't care. I don't care. I, every movie I don't care. They'll be like, oh, this, oh, that's nice because you know Andrew Goldfarb is now with you know Tony Stark and, 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 and um, you know and um, which gonna Captain America. I would love to hear feedback on this. I would definitely love to hear feedback on this because I think people do care and they're gonna want to know. They care about studio wise. I don't think they care about studio wise. That's why they would. I guess that's why Sony would lease Spider Man, so to say. They would lease yeah. him, like you know, lease him. That's like, like people say, why can you get Tom Welling as Superman? Because he was Superman for the TV. He's not gonna do the Superman. Well, the, they're, they're trying to. That's different because they're just trying to like they're trying to you know put people in seats. Tom Welling is not going to freaking put anybody in seats. Like like I said, they're having different Flash and different Green Arrow movie-wise than TV show-wise yeah. because those characters are not going to fill up. They, they're going to get somebody that's like big to be a, a, a superhero. But dude, the people are watching it. You see the ratings though. But so that's, what I'm saying. that's why I'm saying they're confusing everybody because they're going to get somebody else and they're going to be like, okay, damn, the TV show and the, the movie's not going to match. But yeah. this guy is not going to... If they have a solo movie, right? This Flash that's on television. Yeah. Who do you think is going to go see? That's like me having my own movie. And I'm, I'm like really like a, a low-budget, le- low-level, C-list actor. Yeah. The guy can walk around the streets and, and nobody would care. You think Vin Diesel could walk around the streets and people are not going to be like, oh my God, yeah. there's going to be a crowd? Come I on, think, think so. about it. I think, exactly, they're going to be a crowd. This Arrow guy can walk in the street. He can work next door to us and we won't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. But... Back to what we were, we're finished from the topic. Let's go yeah. into your interview with... Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is my interview. Reboots, remakes, versus the originals. First, let me give a shout-out to the Angry Man and Dr. Flop movie review on Facebook, because that group is just insane. Talk about different movies and different stuff. So definitely check that out on Facebook. You can catch me on Facebook, Ephraim Guzman. You can catch Ed Sanin on Facebook, Ed Sanin. You can catch him at our Twitter that's DA the Atomic Podcast 22. Yep, at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And basically, well, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. Re- reboot. Ah, I can't even deep say breath, it right. Deep breath, deep breath. Re- remakes, 
reboots versus originals with our special guests from the Schmoes Mo. <laughs> oh God, man, I'm really messed yeah, it up. What's going on? What's from the Schmoes No Movie Show, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Takei. Okay, so Josh, aka JTE, how you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on, man? Happy to be on the show. Yes, um, tell the fans a little bit about yourself in case no one knows who you are. But I know who you are, but just for the people out there who don't. Hi, my name is JTE. You might know me from the Schmozo Movie Podcast. We do a live show every Thursday. Uh, basically, we just cover everything movies. Uh, news, reviews, we break down all the biggest stories. Uh, my job on here is I'm just an engineer. I'm pressing the button. I'm making the cameras move. Uh, and I'm, I actually work with sound also. Uh, once in a while, I'll get on the mic and share my views, but uh, I also do, I just start my own podcast, it's called JT Movie Things, where I just sit down with somebody, I talk about the last movie they watched. Yeah, man, I'm basically a film geek. <laughs> on the short answer, I'm a film geek. Uh, you've been watching films all your life since you was like, what, 13 years old, or? Well, well, oh, come on, man, since I was two. <laughs> <laughs> since you <he> was two? <laughs> there's, there's pictures of me, like, sitting down as a baby with a box bag of Cheetos watching, like, E.T. Oh, man. <laughs> or you probably was hearing E.T. E, um, e. while you was in the womb. Yeah, maybe, yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think of what year that movie came out. I think it was 81. Yeah. Uh, right around the time I was born. But yeah, I was probably in the womb. Ah, alright. So the, today, um, the show topic today is reboots versus originals. And if you want to start it off, what's your um, reboot versus original take on certain films? So what film you got for me? If you want to start with the bad or the good, I'd say that's the question I should probably ask you. Say that again? Do you want to start with a good reboot or a bad reboot? Um, hmm. Let me see. Let's... You know what? Let's 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 do bad first, because the goods, I want to save the goods for last. Let's do the bad first. What what, what you got All for right, me? let's do the bad. Uh, and then, let me tell you, there's more bad than there is good, so there's a lot to pick from here. Uh, here's, the, here's the thing. When it comes to reboots for franchise. I don't mind it when you're trying to do something new and you're trying to give up the time, okay? Yeah. Uh, but for a movie like, to me, that captures the time it was made perfectly, what comes to my mind is The Karate Kid. The Karate Kid? That movie is a product of the 80s. It captured a certain era, a certain mood. It was like a Rocky, with a, it was like Rocky, but like, it was still the same director as Rocky, by the way, John mm-hmm. G. Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, that movie is so quotable. There's so many things that are in the pop culture today. Wax on, wax off, you know, sweep the leg. There's so many things in that movie that just transcend uh, pop culture. And we, that's the one movie you don't want to remake. <laughs> no one's saying that it was a great franchise, okay? Listen, Cardi Kid 2 and 3, they're okay. But that first one is a classic. And when you try to remake it with Jackie Chan, who... I don't want to sound like a hating movie, because the remake was not horrible. Mm-hmm. But, you're not, you know it's going in, you're not going to come close to the original. And if that's what you're going in with, why, why even bother? Mm-hmm. Why bother making a remake? Now, did you see it? Did you like it? Well, the, the, um, the original or the, the new one? The remake. The remake, um, in a way... I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was good for what it was. Like, you know, the, you know I... You know, I'm kind of glad that they didn't call him Daniel, and even though, you know, he was, um, Jackie Chan was Mr. Miyagi, I just thought, like, the whole setting of the film, and it had the, it had the, like, uh, um, the, the most, like, it had the realism to it, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it, 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 it showed... I don't know about realism. (laughs) 
You don't think so? Alright, so you think the original... Let me tell you... Let me tell you one thing... One of the biggest problems I have with the original and the... Well, as far as the remake. Okay, okay. In the original... Daniel-san is trained by Mr. Miyagi, who grew up in Japan learning martial arts. And he's teaching Daniel to fight a bunch of kids from the valley who are like, you know, being taught by some sadistic Vietnam vet martial artist who has the whole philosophy wrong, okay? Okay. I can believe that a guy who grew up in Japan and studied martial arts could teach a kid to beat up a bunch of bullies who learn martial arts from a guy who doesn't really know what it means. What I don't buy is a kid moving to China and Japan, where the second one goes, and he goes and starts fighting the kids that look like they were born with nunchucks out of the womb. <laughs> you remember the school he went to? It was like a Mortal Kombat Academy. There's a little kid that could beat the hell out of me. And all of a sudden, Jackie Chan, who's a great martial artist, somehow teaches Jaden Smith in a, over a couple months to beat these kids who look like they've been trained since day one. I don't, I don't buy that. Okay, but then let me let me just play devil's advocate. Did do you buy the original Karate Kid where he knows how to block by doing wax on wax off by cleaning cars and painting the fence? He learned martial arts from doing all that. Like you know, I'm saying in hindsight, when you're a kid, you don't even think about you know the the you know the breakdown of the of the movie. But you know you know as, you know as an adult, we definitely could break things down. But as a kid, like you know, the illusion was there, wasn't it? I don't know because I love the fact that was. It was a, you gotta remember, it was a new way of doing something. One reason why that scene is so remembered through pop culture is not just because it's wax on, wax off, it's because I've never seen a movie that someone's getting trained by doing everyday chores to the point where the reason why he has paid the fence, he hasn't waxed the car, and he, just, he does it repeatedly, is from muscle memory. So it's almost a reflex and not. Something like, uh, he honestly could have done it normally and just taught his kids the moves, but he, he did it in a very uh, cool way by getting jobs done around his house at the same time teaching stuff. And he taught the kid without the kid knowing. And nothing even close to that in the remake is original. Nothing in the original, I'm sorry, nothing in the remake has anything it really adds to the first movie that the first movie didn't do better, in my opinion. I think I agree with you there, but you know, also Jackie Chan is a real martial artist, as as opposed to Noriaki Pat Morita, you know Arnold from freaking Happy Days. You know, it's just it's yeah. The Pat Morita was nominated for Oscar for that performance because his performance wasn't just about the martial arts; it was about a character yeah. who really was suffering from you know he was by himself, his wife died while he was during World War Two. There's that great scene where it's his birthday and he gets drunk. And Danielson has to take care of him. The first film has true moments of, like, touching, yeah. uh, some Oscar-caliber acting, honestly. People overlook that because they just think of the cheesy 80s yeah. stuff. But you look back at that movie, and there were some really touching, heartfelt moments. And I think that's why it holds the test time instead of just being some pop culture joke at times. No, no, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. You know, that movie had, you know, bullies, you know, before the cyber bullies. It was, you know, getting picked on in school, making new friends. You know, the, the whole movie was, was, you know, it was 
it was it, it was sentimental too. You know, it was like a sad movie. The you know the you know the boy gets the girl and he doesn't get the girl and you know the kids want to be friends with him, but then you know he gets herbed out playing um what was it uh soccer was no not soccer was it um volleyball where they were playing at the beach. I think it was soccer on the beach. Soccer on the beach, right? And you know yeah. he get and then the kids don't want to be his friends no more because he he you know he got beat up. You know it's and, you know it, it's cool and also it's hard to co- have that compete with the remake because. Remember, there were four Karate Kids. If you count the next Karate Kid, so you know they had they have you know you know the 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 edge in that too with the four movies. For me, the, the times that I really enjoy a remake or reboot is when you really feel like you can do better than the original. When you feel like it's not just a cash in on the name, if you really feel like the things you can improve upon the original and make it better. Then I say go for it. But I don't think this movie in any way tops the first one. If I ask you right now, hey, if you're going to show your kid Crud Kid, are you going to show them the Jackie Chan version or are you going to show them the Ralph Macho version? Yeah, the Ralph Macho version, even though they're probably looking at it like, what the freak is this? Because, you know, it's so dated. But, you know, it's still, I, I find it, you know, I agree with you, I, I find it far, you know, way better than the remake. Way better. Yeah. You know, or, it's, I'm sorry, it's go ahead. The, re- the remake's not horrible, but nowhere near ver- as great as the original. So it's like, for me, that's a failure. It was a cash grab, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. But uh, but I'm sure if you ask someone who was, you know, who's who's in the generation now who watched that first and then watched the old Karate Kid, they're gonna prefer the Jaden Smith one. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. I would love to do a test because I would like to think, my friend, that the original would still be the preferred one. But I could be wrong. But I would hope. If I'm looking at it just as a film, as a film, I still think the original is a better made film. Yeah. No, I, I definitely Again, agree. Maybe you're right. Maybe if you didn't watch the new one first, you might like that one better. Because yeah. instead of doing some, a semi-realistic move with the crane kick, at the end of the freaking remake, I don't know where he pulls this jet lead move out of his ass. Yeah, he did something like wire, <laughs> crouching tiger, hidden dragon kick. Seriously, like, and I, at least... In the Karate Kid movie, you see Danielson practicing the crane kick. There's yeah. nothing in the remake that led me to think that kid was going to be able to pull off that move. That Jaden pulled off. And I remember thinking, like, where did that come at? Yeah. I know, and then, you know, they didn't have a, um, Elizabeth Shue love interest. Like, they had the... Oh, man. I don't know the actress name. Yeah, she was just wooden. Like, she was just there. It was just eye candy. It wasn't... Oh, it was no substance. Um, that's I have to while the, kid, the the bully in the Jackie Chan version was like a uh, mini Bruce Lee, it was very frightening to me as an adult. I think he could kick my ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way you're replacing the bullies from the original. I mean, Zappa, the freaking guy, uh, you know, sweep the leg, you know, I mean, there's so many great... The bullies <laughs> in the first kind of kids are so damn entertaining. <laughs> on, just on their own. It's what makes that movie awesome. Did you ever see that music video, Sweep the Leg? Yes, I did. <laughs> I back, and it was like if he won the match. Yeah. Wow, so good. So good. That's classic. That's classic. Um, let's yeah, go to let's go to a different movie. I'm going to choose the movie this time. Um, I'm going to choose Halloween, the 2007 film versus the 1978 oh, wow. film. Rob Zombie versus John Carpenter. Yes. What's your thoughts on that? Who do you have like? Compared to two, which one do you prefer? That's a tough thing. I'm, listen, the original's better, in my eyes. Yeah. 
I know a lot of people though that do enjoy the remake because yeah. it definitely has a much stronger sense of style than the original. The original, I mean, was made in the early seventies. It looks like a very kind of you know. Well, actually, it's not completely true. Star Carpenter did some real groundbreaking things with that first-person camera view to open the film. Yeah. Uh, the whole first-person view of Michael Myers going through the house and killing his sister was pretty groundbreaking at the time. But Rob Zombie definitely puts his stamp on the remake. And it feels like a Rob Zombie movie from beginning to end. Um, but it's admirable. And I think he did enough to make it his own where it didn't feel like just a cheap... Uh, you know, money grab. I really feel like he kind of put his own vision on it. And while I don't think it's anywhere near as good as the original, I do think it has some merit. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. Like, I don't know, like, for me, the Rob Zombie film, like, the first beginning of the movie, I thought it had... I, th- I thought it had potential to be so much more because I thought it would be different because it, it like, for the, like, the last... The middle of the movie was basically, like, a shot-for-shot remake of the 78 Carpenter version, but, like, the whole white trash family and, you know, him being a whiny yeah. kid, you know, I it's like, you know, it was it was kind of iffy for me, you know, but, um, like, the middle of the movie was, you know, almost, you know, I, I preferred Carpenter's version better, but, you know, not, nothing against Rob Zombie's film, but I thought I thought that film, Halloween, was... was it, it, it was decent. It wasn't bad because I enjoyed the film watching it. You know, I'm just talking now because I, you know, you know when you watch it, you watch it back then. You liked it, but in hindsight, you break down what you didn't like about it. So, I, it's funny. I don't think I've seen the Rob Zombie Halloween since I saw it in theaters. So my memory is not as well. But I didn't leave the theater thinking, "Man, that was you know a waste of time." I enjoyed myself. Um, Slasher films aren't decent films either, by the way. Yeah. It's not like you're remaking um, a Rippin' Mocking movie. Yeah. Uh, it's a slasher film, so... Yeah. I think what Rob Zombie was trying to do, and he definitely was One of the worst things he could do, like, I love I love Gus Van Sant, but he remade the film Psycho. Yeah. And, which wasn't a horrible idea on paper, but he basically made the same movie. It was shot for shot almost. Yeah, with Vince Vaughn, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, if you're not going to put your artistic stamp on it or do something different, I don't think, I think it's kind of a waste of time. So I think Rob Zombie didn't do that. He actually put his stamp on it. So it was his interpretation of Halloween. And so when I hear a lot of horror fans like it, like I said, they still, for the original, of course, it's a classic, but it wasn't a bad update. Not in my eyes, at least. Yeah. It just, you know, it was like, I don't know, the Michael Myers being six foot something looking like he's on steroids, like, that's the only thing that kind of, like, if they had, like, a regular actor, you know what I'm saying? I love Tyler Maine, but I don't just know. I just thought, I just I just didn't think he quite fit Michael Myers, like, you know, like... Well, I, 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 see, that's, I understand what you're saying. The other Michael Myers is definitely a little more creepier. He's more of a human. Yeah. A, almost like a faceless human, whereas... I, I kind of like that Rob Zombie just went for a straight-up monster. Yeah. He made this guy like a monster. <laughs> like, he was closer to Jason Voorhees than he was to Michael Myers. Exactly. exactly. Um, and and, I, and that's, like I said, I like him that he tried to do something different. So I kind of like that, that he did that. But again, it's a slasher film. I don't put too much stock in those movies. So it's hard for me to judge, really. Gotcha. So, um... All right, so then you give your you give it to John Carpenter's Halloween, which is you prefer the original. I would, I would give it to John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah, it's more originality. Um, I just think I I feel like Rob Zombie's version is just a successful successful experiment. 
Wow, look at that. So that's two for the originals, Karate Kid and the original Halloween. That's two. Yeah. Should we bring up something that I believe is better than anything before? <laughs> All right. Ha, ha, um, I got another one for you. How about this? The um, Ang, Lee's, Ang Lee's Hulk against um, Louis Latour, the Incredible Hulk. Wow, that's an interesting one because I think both movies do things right and they do things wrong. Okay. Um, All right, what what you think about first um, Ang Lee's Hulk? What do you think? went wrong with that. I, I really enjoyed Eric Bana. I really enjoyed that he put a real emotional, he really was trying to make an emotional film. Yeah. Whereas the action had an emotional resonance. It wasn't just like explosions, punching things, which the Hulk is kind of supposed to be. Yeah. So, and I feel like the Incredible Hulk kind of made it more of just a gangbang action, you know, summer film, which I guess, yeah. I, I wish there was something that met in the middle. Because, um, listen, of all the Marvel films, The Incredible Hulk is kind of the master child of that whole series. No one really talks about it. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Mark Ruffalo took over for Edward Norton. Yeah. Uh, I also kind of, I remember liking the way Ang Lee portrayed the Hulk as more of a Hulkish yeah. monster. Yeah. Uh, I really thought the Edward Norton version was too skinny, too lean. Uh, he did have, there were some cool action things in that movie, but... I remember the Ang Lee Hulk looking more like the Hulk I always pictured in my head, or in the comics, just a huge, you can pick up a tank and just toss it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, Ang Lee did a lot of things where he's trying to make, like, the editing was done almost comic book style, where there was, like, panel under panel, and there was, sometimes he'd have these really weird transitions that I understand what he's going for. He's trying to go for, like, a living comic book, but I don't think it always worked. Um, and while the, the Incredible Hulk does have an amount, a huge amount of action, mm-hmm. maybe Ang Lee is going to have quite enough. So it, it's a weird balance between those two movies. I think neither film pulled off exactly what I want from a Hulk movie. They both pulled off certain aspects. And I wish we could kind of combine them and make one Hulk movie. It probably would be perfect. Yeah, like if... Eric Bana was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and he was the Bruce Banner. I think it would have been... You know, don't get me wrong. I love Edward Norton as the Hulk, but Edward Norton as Bruce Banner looked like he could kick ass without even turning to the Hulk, to be honest with you. Like, you know, he didn't... I don't know. Yeah, like, I that. He didn't play that vulnerability to me, you know, especially, you know, he just he just looked like he could kick ass, and it looked like he was just trying to play soft, as opposed to Eric Bana, like, you know, right now, you know, now you've seen Eric Bana in a lot of, like, action movies, but, you know, this was before Troy and everything like that, when you seen Eric Bana, he didn't have that look like he could kick your ass. He looks, he actually looked like a freaking doctor, you know. And and then talking about the two different Hulks, that Hulk to me was just too Wall Street nice looking, you know. Like if you notice, like the face, you know. And then every time he gets angry, he gets larger and larger. Like I just that that part I just didn't get, you know. Like he's gonna keep, you know, he's gonna get big to what he explodes or something. Like he was just like. You know, every time he got angry, he just, you know, he just grew more and more and more. And then Betty was the one that calmed him down. But, I don't know, I think that movie was all over the place with, especially Nick Nolte, like, an, an, an um, absorbing man type. Uh, um, the third act, the third act of mess. Yeah, the Hulk dogs, need I say more? <laughs> yeah, the Hulk dogs is like a crazy Hulk poodle. I was like, what is this? Um, which, so, if you had to pick, which one would you prefer? Um... Hmm. Honestly, I, I'm definitely going to go with um, Edward Norton's Hulk. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think you get more of what you want to see the Hulk doing in that movie. 
Yeah. Uh, that last action sequence was uh, the abomination, or whatever his name was, was pretty awesome. Um, I really, I hate when actors change. Like, I understand what you're saying about Edward Norton, but it wasn't just Hulk. Like, in Iron Man, I like Terrence Howard in the first Iron Man. I really wish he stayed as uh, War Machine because, well, I think uh, the guy that took over him, Don Cheadle, was good. It always bothers me. Even with the Dark Knight, I love. I thought Katie Holmes did a better job than Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. And it really bothers me when I watch those movies back to back, and you don't have the same actor. So yeah. I hope Ruffalo at least stays with it for a while because. I think he did do a good job in Avengers. I don't. I always thought. Uh, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this. I thought the perfect roadie would have been Michael Jai White. I, I honestly thought if they would have got Michael Jai White instead of Don Cheadle, he would have been an excellent. Oh, Black Dynamite himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's tough. Um, yeah, because if you look at if you look at the comics and you really look at Rhodey, it looks like Michael Jai White. You know, and Rhodey is yeah. kind of stocky. Like Don Cheadle is like a like a poor man Rhodey. To be honest, I'm saying Don Cheadle's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. I already accepted him the role as Rhodey, but at when at first when they were looking for a different Rhodey, I thought Michael Jai White would have been the perfect one. Yeah, I, listen, I would have been totally on board. I do not like him in Spawn, but I do not blame him. <laughs> yeah, Spawn, Spawn is atrocious. Oh, that was God, horrible. It's so bad. But I, I like him as actor. I've seen him in a lot of stuff though. So. I would have been on board with that. He definitely would have spit out the suit a little more. Yep, yep definitely. <laughs> definitely. All right, now pick, pick, um, pick a movie for me. Pick a movie. All right, well, we're going to talk about such a reason. I think well, we were just kind of talking about it a minute ago. Batman Begins uh. is the perfect reason because, well, I love the Tim Burton film. It is campy. Now, you go back and watch it, it's campy at yeah. times. It really is like a mix of a dark version of like the Adam West as Adam West, like, you know, kind of over-the-top ridiculousness to it, mm-hmm. Batman Begins was the first reason that took the franchise and tapped into its potential. It made Batman cool, I think, the way we all read him in the comics. So, for me, that is one of the most successful reasons. And, listen, what else can I say? You know, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, they've gone on to be some of the most successful films of all time. And I'm really hoping these, I think these, I think Apple's going to do a good job, but, Man, did you remember seeing Batman Begins in theaters and walking? I walked out of that theater like, this is the Batman I've always wanted to see on the big screen. Yeah, exactly. And I love, and I, and again, I love that Tim Burton movie, but this was literally taking it to a whole new level. Yeah, you know, I like to call this the Batman of maturity because, you know, as a kid, you know, we grew up on Adam West and then watching, you know, Michael Keaton, we thought that was the definitive Batman. I didn't really think anybody else could take Michael Keaton's place, you know, not even George Clooney, Val Kilmer, you know, none of those actors. But when Christian Bale came out as Batman, him in the suit for the first time and the the, the way the realism, just the realism that, you know, that Batman was in Batman Begins, I was like, oh, man, I can't see anybody else replacing Christian Bale. And you're right, going into Ben Affleck now, who's going to be Batman, it's, you know, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow, but, you know, like, I'm, I'm you know, I, I was one of those haters, like, I can't see Ben Affleck as Batman, but seeing him now with his, you know, ripped and everything, like, and seeing him with the, with the chin and everything, and, you know, I, I, I can see him as Batman, but going back to Batman Begins... Christian Bale really knocked it out of the park. You know, say what you want about Christian Bale, but he really pulled off a uh, conflicted, brooding Bruce Wayne. I thought perfectly. More, I think. I, I think in in Michael Keaton, he he pulled it off good, but I don't know. It was, you know, he, I, you know, he was 
1989 Batman, but I don't know. There was something about Michael Keaton that was just like, uh, I don't know. Like, you get what I'm saying? Or uh, I kind of get it. Like, it, it. The thing is, he's in a Tim Burton movie, and it yeah. feels like he's in a Tim Burton movie. Uh, and Tim Burton movies don't exactly take place in reality. It's a weird side, like, galaxy, a version of reality. Yeah. Everything's um, a little bit more exaggerated. So I think, you know, Keaton might be, you know, a little bit of a... His performance obviously wasn't trying to be super realistic, so I can't blame him too much for that. I think for what Burton wanted, Keaton did great. But the reason why this reboot to me is so successful is because it's the, it's the most realistic and mature version of Batman we've ever done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly agree with you on that one. All right, since we're talking about that, Man of Steel versus Superman. Was it 
you know, his, his presence alone was enough. And, you know, Clark Kent, you know, discovering his powers and, you know, coming to terms with him as a teenager and moving to Metropolis. You know, I'm talking about the 1978 one. And him, you know, seeing us... You know, you know, like you know, seeing how we are as you know, Earthlings and adapting to us. I just thought it was it was phenomenal, dude. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah, man. I I like the whole cast. That first film, you break that first nineteen eighty eight film into three parts. It starts off like a sci fi film. Yeah. Then it comes into this like Americana kind of John Ford type movie. Yeah. The last part of the film is a straight up superhero film. Uh, and I love all three parts. It's not like one part that I kind of enjoy more than the other. I enjoy how the movie's breaking up in almost three sections because every single one of them is done very naturally. And even though the special effects aren't the greatest, they still, because the performance is so good, you still buy the bad special effects. It's almost like you, because the movie's still being good, you're just like, you're, you're overlooking. You're like, you know what? I'm so into the movie that I can overlook that the special yeah. effects are you know what? I, I honestly don't think the special effects are that bad at all because if you compare those, the, you care you compare those special effects to Superman Four: The Quest for Peace, that canon film, uh, you can see the uh, biggest uh, difference. You can see the difference on that. Well, we had Richard Donner directing the original, who you know is one of the best directors in that time period, and then that seventies and eighties. He makes some great films, and he makes great. He doesn't make like Oscar worthy films, but he makes great entertainment. Yeah, great entertainment films, and. uh... Lethal Weapon, man. Lethal Weapon is one of my all-time favorite action movies. Yeah, and we're... crazy to think the guy that directed Lethal Weapon directed <laughs> Superman. Not to mention, the movie, that, the job that got him Superman was he directed The Omen, I think, like two years earlier. Yeah. So, it's crazy. I like that the, uh, back then, Hollywood would just, like, they saw talent and they gave a director. They didn't pitch and hold into, like, a certain genre. Like, some directors are stuck in nowadays. Like, no, you're a comedy guy, you're going to be comedy. Yeah. Richard Donner did everything. He did comedy, he did action, he did horror, he did sci-fi. Did, did you like the um the the the, um, the Richard Donner cut of Superman two as opposed to the Richard I, Lester I, one? Uh, I I here's the thing. I, I grew up with the Richard Lester one. So I still like it, the Richard Lester one. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I do like the Donner cut, it's not completely the film he wanted because he only filmed about seventy five percent of Superman two yeah. before he got fired. Yeah. So. It is great to see, get a better idea of what his film would have been like. Yeah. Make no mistake, we still never got the true Richard Donner Superman 2. Yeah. But, this was an edit he made with a Richard Donner cut. Yeah. You can see he was definitely going for more of a mature, darker kind of film. Richard Lester and just a lot of comedy in it, which I liked as a kid, but now as an adult, I kind of appreciate the more darker tone more. Yeah. What was your, what was your take on Superman 3? Did you enjoy that? Uh, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, moments that I like the the Superman versus evil Superman fight in the tire yard. Yeah, yard, it's, it's some cool moments, and I do like how you know Superman kind of went all evil and was like you know basically he's on a freaking statue lab Statue of Liberty, like chilling out with a girl who's like basically dressed like a hooker. He's, <laughs> you know, he's flicking peanuts into mirrors and breaking glasses. But it has some it has some fun camp moments, but it's it's not as bad as Quest for Peace, but it's a step in the bad direction. Yeah. So I guess we give it. Uh, I give it a Superman nineteen seventy eight, even though I'm a fan of the Man of Steel. But Superman nineteen seventy eight. Same here, buddy. I like the Man of Steel, but I mean, I grew up with the seventy eight version, and to me, it's still it's still the trademark 
superhero film. If you're going to make a superhero film, that's the one you need to watch first before you make your film. Exactly, exactly. Marketing. Now, let's, since we talk about a little bit of space, let's get into space. The Star Trek. Star Trek, the motion picture, against Star Trek, the reboot. Oh. Okay, here, okay. I'm, I'm not... <laughs> I have not seen any of the original Star Trek movies. What? I was, dude, I'm telling you, I had no interest in Star Trek growing up. The only Star Trek movie I remember is the one where they tried saving some whales. Oh my god, Star Trek 4. <laughs> Star Trek 4, um, The Voyage Home, that's what it was. Yeah, The Voyage Home. I think I remember watching that one when I was really young, just because it had whales in it. I thought that was cool, probably. <laughs> but I've never seen Khan, I've never seen any of those other films. My, that's why I kind of went to the new Star Trek movie really open-minded, and I was like, all right, I have no attachment to the series, so I really like the new Star Trek. They're very entertaining movies. They're, they're popcorn. They're great popcorn fun movies. They're great summer blockbusters. But, again, I didn't have much invested in that series, so I wasn't really going there with a very judgmental eye. Yeah, you know, but in a way, like you know, I, I understand what you, you know. You, if you're not a fan of the old one and you watch the, the the new one, which is like a reboot slash sequel, what I liked about that one is because they don't ignore what happened because that exists, and you know, the the reboot is just an alternate reality, so it doesn't negate nothing that the originals have ever done. But the Star Trek movie, if you think about it, it was it was really J.J. Abrams Star Wars because it was so much like Star Wars. Yeah. But it was just called, yeah. it was Mask Under Star Trek, but it was a phenomenal movie. And I was always a Star Wars fan. I was never really a Star Trek fan, so it was kind of right up my alley when I saw these remakes and reboots. And I do like, like you said, they play with time travel, the alternate reality, and I, I did like get a kick out of seeing uh, Nemoy in there. Yeah. I was not a fan. I know who the characters are, so I still dug it. Yeah. But yeah, so for me, because I haven't seen the original, so I can't really make a judgment call on that one. Gotcha, gotcha. How about this one? So I'll, I guess I'll give it, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to the reboot, uh, you know, as opposed to the, the franchise as a whole, Star Trek, the originals, to me, kills anything the reboot does, even though the reboot is still continuing in comic book form, you know, like if you, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you watch Star, um, Star Trek, then Star Trek, um, um, Into Darkness, is still continuing in comic form until they get to, to the movie, I think in what, 2016, I believe is supposed to come out. But, you know, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto are the perfect Kirk and Spock, and I can't see no one else in those roles. Nice. Yeah, I, I hear that. Yeah. So let's get into another superhero, the amazing Spider-Man against Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, man, I hated the amazing Spider-Man. Oh, you did which one with Andrew Garfield? You didn't, you didn't like that one? I, yeah, I hated it. I hated the sequel. Um, I was one of the few times in my life where I left a theater angry. <laughs> uh, Amazing Spider-Man is one of those movies I left angry. I remember coming out of theater with my friends and just, just tearing it apart. I was just like, man, what the hell did we just watch? What the hell was that? Like, I have so many problems with that movie. Uh, it's pretty well documented in the show about how much I hated the first Amazing Spider-Man. I love the Tobey Maguire films. I, and the third one, obviously, is the worst, but I love the first one. second one, to me, is one of the best comic films of all time. Yeah. Uh, it's up there with X-Men 2 and The Dark Knight. Like, I just think it's great. It captures that character perfectly, and the action still holds up amazingly well. The special effects actually still hold up, too. But Amazing Spider-Man, I don't know if maybe I just wasn't ready for that take on the character, but everything, I grew up with Spider-Man cartoon. I grew up, you know, reading some of the comics. I did, I guess I didn't get into the Ultimate Spider-Man, which I guess this one's a little more based on. Yeah. But there's so 
many things I hated in this movie. Amazing Spider-Man, most the most, some of the most famous lines in the comic book history are, with great power comes great responsibility. That is said by Uncle Ben as he's dying, and he says it to, well, not as he's dying, but he says it to Peter right before he dies. He says it in the first film with Tobey Maguire, it's, it's, it, it carries that whole movie. Yeah. The basic Spider-Man, we got the bastardized version of it. Yeah. I think he said, like, uh, hey, with uh, power comes a lot of, a lot of, you know, responsibility, yeah. buddy. So make sure you be responsible. I don't even know how he butchered it. He did not say those famous words the way it's supposed to be said. Yeah. He said, like, an ass, he said some ass way around it. And, uh, so that to me right there was a, a cardinal sin. I couldn't believe they even had the guts to put the actual quote in there. I mean, man, how, where do you want me to start? The end of the movie was horrible. Um, some, uh, some reason, every construction worker in, in L.A., in New York at that day, was working on the roof. <laughs> somehow, they are all able to... This guy can't fix a pothole. It takes him a week to fix a pothole. But suddenly, they're so organized yeah. that they're able to... All the, get all the machines lined up perfectly to where the bad guy is. And I don't even... Listen, is it me? Spider-Man... All he needs is buildings to work around. If he was in New York City, why did he need no freaking cranes? There's buildings <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I, I make no sense to me. Yeah. And the one thing I remember a lot of people were upset about the original Spider-Man movie was the fact that he didn't have the cartridges. Yeah. Um, yeah, the organic web shooters, yeah. And I kind of, when it comes to comic book movies, it actually makes more sense for him to have the actual ones come out of them. Yeah. Yeah. He got hit by a radioactive spider. Yeah. That's more realistic to think that he has that power through the bite than this kid being, the, you know, a, a Steve Jobs type of actor who can present this thing where he can make webs. So when it did exist in the Spider-Man, I was like, okay, I can, I'm down with that. Let's see how they play into the story. They didn't play in the story whatsoever. There's not one scene in the movie where, like, he ran out of cartridges or something happened where he couldn't use them. So that whole thing that actually could have helped I hated that after knowing Gwen for only a short amount of time, the very first date he goes on with her, and it's not even a proper date, he goes to her house to have dinner, and he gets an argument with Dennis Leary, and he jumps on the balcony, and after the first date at her house, he tells her of Spider-Man, and then he jumps off the balcony and starts swimming away. <laughs> At least we had two movies where Mary Jane's a copperhead who Spider-Man was. He was a character in the news articles at that point. At this point, he's not even known as Spider-Man. She just saw some guy jump off her balcony and is webbing around like a freaking idiot. Yep. He's totally fine with it. It made no sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, for the pros and cons, even like to get to the uh, the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, I thought it was an excellent coming of age. To me, that's like... Marvel's, even though it's not affiliated with the Marvel Studios, that was um, Marvel's version of Superman because that that Spider-Man to me was so perfect. Like you know, it, even though everything felt rushed, but you know, from you know him, you know, going to school and you know the death of Uncle Ben to Macho Man Randy Savage to you know like everything oh, that yeah you know, exactly you know. <laughs> He, it, it, it was it was so good. Tommy McGuire was the perfect Peter Parker. I thought, in my opinion, as Andrew Garfield was more like a, he was like a more like a stoic Peter Parker. Like you know, he, I don't know, he he didn't look happy from the beginning. You know, you know, at least Tommy McGuire looked like he was happy. He was having fun. Peter Parker is supposed to be like he's 
retired guy who's yeah. actually picked on by the football, you know, team. Andrew Garfield is like rolling around, chilling. He's on a skateboard, looks like Tony Hawk while he's training. Yeah. And, and it was just ridiculous. I was watching thinking like, what, are you kidding me? What's happening right here? Yeah. This is not the Peter Parker I grew up with. And maybe that's why I'm so hard on the movie. Garfield Spider-Man. <laughs> I hear you. Let me tell you something. I like Andrew Garfield. I think he did a good job in Spider-Man. As far as not as Spider-Man, but I think he's a good actor and I think he did good in the role yeah. that he was asked to do. He was surrounded by a horrible script. He was surrounded by bad direction and it's just not a good movie. He's surrounded by... I, one thing I will say about all the main Spider-Man movies, um, no, they're not all good actors. They don't all have good acting. I don't think Jamie Foxx is good in the sequel or Paul Giamatti. But the two main characters, which I guess would be Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, yeah. they're really good. They're really good together. They're really good in the movie. Unfortunately, they're stuck in some really bad movies. Yeah. That's the way I see it. I, I, Dennis Leary was my favorite thing about the first movie, by the way. It's the only thing I enjoyed in that movie. Yeah. I don't. I love Martin Sheen's portrayal as Uncle Ben, though. Like I, I, you know, even though, like you said, with the whole line, you know, he said that. I, I just thought him as Uncle Ben was really good too in the movie. I didn't like the lizard. I thought he was wasted. He didn't even look like the lizard. The, the lizard I grew up with the comics, the cartoons. Yeah. Looked like a giant freaking alligator. It was bad ass. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they were trying to make. He looked like something the Hulk should have been fighting. No, he looked. He looked. He looked. He looked like the way Killer Croc should look for Batman or something. That's what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, very true. And I just thought it was horrible. And the only sequence I remember in that whole movie that I thought was semi entertaining and impressive was the Stanley cameo. Yeah. He's he's on the floor or something, and behind him is just like pure insanity and destruction. That's one of the only scenes I remember from that movie that really kind of thought was I got a chuckle and I thought it was pretty cool, but. Uh, everything else, even the whole wrestling thing, I love about the first film, how he wrestles and becomes Spider-Man, and the way, you know, he, I love, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I could spend an hour and just turn this into the so I think move on. Alright, so let's go on to another reboot versus original. Do you have one handy? Um, well, it's, it's different when you say remake or reboot. For me, another successful reboot was 
Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, Casino Royale was yeah. like the best Bond movie, in my opinion, um, ever, kind of. I was not a big, I, also, while I'm not a huge fan, of, I never watched Star Trek. I was never a huge fan of Bond. I always found it a little corny and cheesy at times. Mm-hmm. And much like how bad it is, was a realistic, dark take on Batman. That's what Casino Royale to me was for James Bond. It was the first time I could really take it seriously. You know, he's not strapping like a jetpack to his back and flying into the sky or, you know, blocking lasers with his watch. And it was a really, like, down and gritty version of James Bond, which I totally... I, I think it was one of the best actor films of the last decade, I would say that, for Casino Royale. That movie is directed beautifully. Uh, the choreography is great. The cinematography is great. The acting is great. It even has a, it was the first time I actually cared about what was going on in the James Bond movie. Because he's always seen as like this womanizing kind of, you know, girl die left right, he doesn't really care. Um, I love seeing him meeting, um, with, uh, what's her name, uh, the girl in the movie is played by Eva, Eva, um, Eva Green, right? Eva Green, yes. I yeah. thought her relationship with him was so good, and it kind of shows you why he, um, is so, like, dismissive of a woman and even sets that up because of how heartbroken he gets in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I love, love the story, you know, and to me, that's one of the most reboots because it actually, I, like I said, I still think it's the best, what's usually for me one of the best Bob movies ever made. Yeah, the whole first scene where him chasing the guy going up the crane and everything uh, like that. The parkour? Yeah. The first scene? Oh, man. So badass. Yeah. And Daniel Craig is just Like his face looked constipated all the time. He looked like he was going to take a dump. So, yeah. you know, he looked mean. You know, as opposed to like, you know, I think the Bond. You know, I think I grew up on like Roger Moore and like Sean Connery, but I never really watched Bond. I just thought that it was so boring. But you know, my original, you know, say my original James Bond to me was Pierce Bronson, as opposed to Daniel Craig. Yeah, Goldeneye. You know? Yes, yes. You know, and but I think he was, he was always played as this guy who was very suave, always in control. Yeah, you know, very. He's, all he's doing is like one-liners and he's quits. Daniel Craig's Bond was totally different. Daniel Craig's Bond barely cracks a joke ever. Yep. <laughs> he's all business, and that's how was, you would think a secret agent would really be like. Now, some people might say, "Well, that's you know, it obviously is a different take on Bond." I might be just preference. Maybe some people prefer the more cocky, self-assured, you know, kind of um, almost. Uh, Jokes a lot, makes jokes, you know, very cocky. Whereas this young Craig, I think, is just for the Batman Begins generation of uh, movie fans. Yeah, I also I also say that Daniel Craig is not to that point yet because you know he's still you know a rookie James Bond. You know he just you know he just got his double O license and everything. So you know who knows he might get to that point where he becomes you know like the arrogant you know Pierce Bronson way. Which what I loved about it, it was the whole reboot of just seeing how it came to be because you know James Bond has been what twenty three films I believe. Like you know I'm sure a lot of people. Don't remember George Lazenby or Sean Connery or Roger Moore, you know, a lot or Timothy Dalton in his two movies. A lot of people don't remember that Bond unless, you know, unless you're from that era. Like, you know, I, you know, I've seen it, but 
it wasn't something like that stuck with me like the rest of my life. Like Goldeneye, even playing the video game on Nintendo, you know, and the, you know, t- you know, Tomorrow Never Dies. You know, all all the sequels with Pierce Bronson. He was really suave, and you know, like you know, even seeing him as James Bond, you know, he wasn't gonna get hurt in any of the movies. You know, like Daniel Craig has some vulnerability to him. You know, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It makes more human. Makes more human and more. Uh, makes for better. More interesting film. <laughs> yeah, definitely less robotic too. You know, so uh, let's let's get into um, Apes on Horses, the Apes on um, Planet of the Apes, and the original oh, Planet yeah. of the Apes. Yeah, this is a great. Um, this is a great example of technology allowing you to make a film that fully realistic. Yeah, um, because the original Planet of the Apes is a classic. It really is. Yeah, has one of the best twist endings of any uh, film. It was like, you know, it was like a success of her two cents. Um, but with today's technology, we can do things that those people making that movie couldn't even dream of. Yeah. I, so, and they did what they could, and they, they relied on good storytelling, which makes that film so great. But what these reboots are doing are just such another level. Um, it's really impressive on a technical standpoint and a, a story standpoint, because because the times have changed, story's going to change, because when the first one's made, it was very, you know, we did not have anywhere near the technology we do now, and just, I mean, technology has such a big role in society and how things happen. I think the new films really, uh, really capturing both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with more of the, the older ones than the new, than the new ones. Does the new ones take place in the same timeline, or this is like a complete reboot and it negates everything uh, this from is the a original? Complete reboot, complete reimagining. Um, they're kind of acting like the original has never happened. I mean, you can see the original film, that storyline hasn't even taken place yet. These are like basically just prequels to what's going to happen. So I think the Michigan gets to that point where the original Trump has the film. I think they might find a different way of doing it. I don't know if we're ever going to get that, you know, humans crashing the earth. They have had Easter eggs that set it up in these past films, but I don't know. I'm really interested to see if they do it, and I think if they did do it, it would be really kind of. You'd really get a remake for the first time, because it's been a reboot, it's been prequels. All of this place is really just a prequel. Yeah. Uh, do, but do you prefer Charleston Heston over the the new one? It's, it's hard to say, because it's so different, man. Yeah. Um. You can't really say they're a remake, so it's almost like you're asking one or both in the same franchise. And that first film I loved growing up, um, but Wednesday, I still maintain, I think it's better than Dawn, even though yeah. I really love Dawn. I still think it's the first Ace movie a little bit better. Um, if you ask me which one I'm going to watch more, probably Wednesday now, just because of that technical advancement in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And... And when you, I mean, listen, I love that first movie, but you go back, the suits work, but to a point, they don't. I mean, it does look a little ridiculous at times. And the only way, like I said, I think you you get past that, just like you, I said, just you get past the bad effects because the story is still interesting. Yeah. But I think Ryan, they've been, they've been knocking out of part these first few movies, so. I, I mean, overall, I'd probably give it to these new films, but. Let's wait and see what happens when it gets to the, the timeline catches up to Charles Manson's story. And who knows, maybe it won't be as good as the original Charles Manson story. Yeah, you know, like 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 you said, you know, like 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 we were talking about before, Christopher Reeve has a lead in 
a lot of sequels as he's done a lot of Supermans. So, you know, you got to give Henry Cavill a chance. Like with this one, the older apes had a whole lot of sequels and a cartoon spinoff and a TV spinoff. You know, there was... It was it was it was Americana, you know, especially like the original one with Charlton Heston, and then him doing the cameo for part two. You know, I don't, I don't think he actually wanted to do it, but you know, I, you know, honestly, when I first saw the um, part two, honestly, thought James Francois, I actually thought he was the Charlton Heston character. He looked so much like him. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I actually thought it was, but you know, I, you know, the the first one is like. If you watch it, it'll like if you watch it late at night, like at three in the morning, and you watch the old one, it'll definitely put you to sleep. But if you're watching the new one at three in the morning, you'll definitely kind of be up watching it, you know. Like, but you know, it's still it's the first, the original one is still a great movie. You know, Charleston Heston is excellent in that one. Nice, yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. And I, like I said, they did tease the astronauts in space in the, in the first five to eight, so they. On uh, one of the TVs, they show that the space is going off like on their mission. Yeah. So they set it up. I just don't think... Uh, I'm actually curious if they're even going to do it, because I know the third film is not going to be it. Yeah. So maybe the fourth or fifth film, they finally try to do that remake. And uh, I can't wait. I think it, I think they can pull it off. Yeah, I just I just don't know. Like, if they do the remake, we already know the twist. Unless there's like a different twist. Like, you know, I know they're gonna have to do something a little different. I hope they would do something a little different. Yeah, um, but I don't know. That's exactly the that screenwriters are getting paid much more money to figure that out. Yeah. Also, I, yeah, also I, I just realized since we're talking about Planet of the Apes, it's sort of there's another reboot from that, which is the Tim Burton one. From you know, yeah, Land of one. the Apes. That's the one. What do you you know? Because that's also you. If you think about it, that's also in that category as well. How did you think about that? You know, reboot. It was, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I did not like that movie. I thought it was really lame. I think it was really miscast. I didn't think Bob Wahlberg was very good in it. I, the girl they got to be in it looked like she just walked off a runway model. Uh, she looked not. She looked not like a human who's been living in a jungle. She looks like she stepped out of a Vogue magazine. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Uh, the only thing, the only performance that movie I remember kind of joined was Tim Roth as the villain. It was kind of like his general dates. And the effects weren't bad. They were definitely pretty impressive, actually. I just, there's almost nothing memorable about that movie. Uh, and even their version of the twist ending, it wasn't even the twist, it was more just kind of laughable. Today. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have a soft spot for that movie just because Charlton Heston did a cameo as an ape. You know, I think that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was priceless. I don't know. Mark Wahlberg improved a lot in acting, but that role, he was just, you know, he was just so wooden in that role, you know? I don't think he was a good enough actor at that point. I think maybe if he did a thing, he'd be better, but... Yeah. I don't know. know. Originally, that was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger cast that movie. Oh, well, how come... Well, was he... He was still governor at the time, right? He couldn't do the role? No, this was before he was governor. Oh, this was before he was governor? Oh, okay. Wow, yeah, right. it was rumored that he was originally supposed to make that movie. And I remember hearing that thinking, oh, that's interesting. I kind of wanted to see it. I was like, he's going to be bigger than the Daily. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it didn't come to fruition, and they got Mark Wahlberg instead. And I always think to myself, what would that movie have been like if Arnold started it? I don't know. Yeah. That, 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 that would have been interesting. I, I don't know, I... I I guess I could picture him in the Charlton Heston role, you know, I, I guess I could I, I could see it, he'll be a, a big buff astronaut, you know, definitely could see that. Yeah, 
Okay, one one more on reboots versus original. Do you have anything in mind? One more. Re- you know what? I'm going to give one some credit, which I was actually really against when I heard they were going to remake it. I said, this is going to be horrible. Why are they doing this? Uh, that's a total recall reboot. Oh, no. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, did you like you like the... Here's, here's the thing. I did it. I went in. I went into that movie ready to hate it. Okay. Yeah. I was like, "How dare you remake the Total Recall?" But uh, again, this is a story that's not. It's all source material. It's not like Total Recall was a complete, complete original piece of work. It was based on a short story by Phil Dick. So when it comes to something like that, that's literature. I don't mind people taking a different stab at it because it's not beholden to one franchise. And Paul Verhoeven, who is a great director who did Robocop, and the Robocop remake was horrible, by the way. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, I thought they did enough stuff differently with the Colin Farrell um, remake. Not so much story-wise, but again, like I'm talking about apes, technology-wise. Yeah. Special effects and some of the action sequences in Total Recall are fairly impressive, and some of the best actions I've seen in a big budget uh, film I've seen in a while. And I remember the Schmoes, <laughs> the Mark and Christian, they're the ones that convinced me to go see this movie because they both came in pretty high rating. And I thought to myself, wow, I thought this thing was going to be a shit box. Yeah. And because they gave it a good rating, I said, I'm going to give it a chance. And when I went and saw it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I knew what was going to happen at times. And some of the same plot points are hit on, so you're not really getting too much new story-wise, yeah. but what I really appreciated was some of the set pieces and the action scenes were reminded of like an old-school 90s action movie, almost. Yeah. I don't know, man. So I appreciate it for the physical and, like I said, the special effects are really impressive that piece. I would go as far as see it. Glenn, Glenn Wiseman, the guy who directed it. Yeah. I think it's his best overall movie. I mean, he's done The Underworlds, which are guilty pleasures. Uh, he did Live Free or Die Hard, which I had a lot of problems with because it didn't really feel like a Die Hard movie to me. Yeah. So, uh, he has his best overall film is. I'd probably say I'd buy the Colin Farrell for real. Wow. That's pretty... You think it's better than Underworld? Yeah. I think Underworld was a fun movie when it came out, but if you try to revisit it, yeah. you can still enjoy it, but I don't think it's I think it's very shallow. I think the action scenes are a product of the time. It's around the Matrix where everything was trying to be super slow motion. Yeah. And it's almost trying too hard to be super cool. Yeah. And while it does have some very cool moments in it, I think it doesn't hold up as well over time as, like, some other movies do. Wow, that's a pretty bold statement there. I don't know. The, the thing with the Total Recall, where, or it's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger with Total Recall, you know what I'm saying? And you had Sharon Stone. Well, yeah. But here's the thing, Paul Verhoeven is such, if you watch both these movies back to back, the tone is so different, it's almost like night and day. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're telling the same story, but they're telling they tell both stories in such a different way. Paul Verhoeven does it in a very ultra-violent, it's almost a comedy at times. Total Recall is a very funny movie with Ronald Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And there's some great comedic moments, uh, but... The total, one thing I said was, this new total recall, they didn't go for that. They went for a more serious, almost like a minority report, meets a 90s action movie kind of way at it. Mm. It was that different, and the special effects were so impressive, and some of the actors are so impressive. 
um, I felt like I got a different experience out of it. I could watch both those movies and get two totally different experiences from each movie, even though it's telling the same story. That's why I kind of enjoyed it. But you notice that's Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven style. If you've seen RoboCop and you know you've seen his yeah, other films, his film is like satire, you know, mixed with ultra violence, mixed with comedy, mixed with like sex, you know. And you know, it, it, I don't know. To me, it, it has that feel of what movies are lacking nowadays. You know, everything is just CGI special effects. This movie had for its time it had good special effects but it had like a lot of heart and it had a lot of grittiness to it i think you know mars the way mars looked like i think that's how mars should look like it was it was dirty I'll, and i'll tell you this uh, it does, I, I wouldn't say it has much heart <laughs> but don't get me wrong if you're asking what the better movie is i'm still gonna say the schwarzenegger version yeah uh, if you're if you're on what's the better film it's a schwarzenegger total recall yeah. but I, I'm not gonna, I also say I don't think anybody should hate on Total Recall just because it's a remake because it actually is a good action film and it has some very interesting and impressive set pieces. Uh, it's a different experience, which is what I want as a remake or a reboot. I want something that tries something differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, if this guy tried to make a Paul Verhoeven movie, it would have been horrible because only Paul Verhoeven could do Paul Verhoeven. Len Wiseman did his version of a summer blockbuster with this story, which I appreciate. Again, I don't think it's the best movie ever made, but I think it was a successful reboot as in it did something different and it just entertained the time. Okay, well, speak- I like Paul Farrell, man. Paul Farrell is underrated. I think that guy's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was great and, you know, matter of fact, we could get into this. The remake oh, of Kate Fright Night and the original Fright Night. Yeah, and Kate Beckinsale awesome in the movie as the villain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Walked away. Uh, Brian Cranston, I thought, in the small role he had, did exactly what he needed to do. Yeah. No, no, he was. I'm saying it, it was a good movie, but I wouldn't say like like you said. You know, you, we both agreed that um, the original was better. It was a good movie, but if it was if it was called something else instead of Total Recall, I probably would have bought it more. But you know, I agree with that. I mean, yeah, if, if they released really that for a different title, maybe yeah. you wouldn't go over that stigma. Yeah. Uh, it's being, but I think because I went into the movie ready to be like, oh, this is going to be crap. Yeah. And I, I, I can't deny it had impressive action scenes. I'm, I don't think it's anything more than an action movie, though. I will say that. Like, you talk about um, Total Recall, I think it has different things to it. It's an action movie. It's funny. It's kind of weird. It's all their own. Yeah. It's a little bit different experience. I, if someone's going to watch a new Total Recall, I'd say just go on expecting a fun summer action movie. And that's all you're looking for, I think you'll get what you, you want. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into one more um, a horror movie, since you was talking about Colin Farrell, for the Fright Night, the original Fright Night versus the new Fright Night. Uh, I, I enjoyed the Colin Farrell Fright Night movie. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I, don't love, I don't have a lot of affection for the original Fright Night. I like it. It's mm-hmm. So, I... I don't really have too much to say on that one. I like both films for different reasons. I don't love either. Uh, I've probably seen each one about once or twice, and yeah. it's not something I'm going to revisit a lot, so I'm kind of neutral on that. Yeah. What about um, you? Do you- um, I, I think I like watching it because I watched both of them a lot. I prefer the Colin Farrell version, even though you know I love Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent in the original. But um, um, I, I, you know, I, 
uh, by a by a by a nose hair, I have to say the on on the new one. But you know, I still have a lot of heart for the for the original, especially Chris Sarandon. You know, I, I thought I thought he was amazing. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and then let's just let's let's just get it down to the last one. Since we're talking about Pearl, Paul Verhoeven, you know, RoboCop versus RoboCop. Oh man, the new RoboCop is horrible. It's <laughs> 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 not even a discussion. It was bad. Um, I can't think of much I like about it. I can't think of anything that I like about it. The, the original is such a great movie. Um, again, the great product of the '80s, uh, Reaganomics, it was a satire of America. Gun Ho, Cowboy, John Wayne, Robocop was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. I love the ultra violence. I love what I was trying to say. I can't say anything about the remake except for it's a great, it's great proof that even though the technology, whereas in some cases, like I think Total Recall and Donald Ant, it improved on the film, the new technology it almost made the film worse. There are scenes where he's jumping off his bike and I have the robot that looks sick. Mm-hmm. Where the, the most of like, you know, the some of the stuff in the original was so fake. Mm-hmm. I'll take it over the other stuff because I'm actually interested in the story what was going on. Um, Michael Chima was wasted. I didn't think Gary Oldman was wasted. I think the main guy that got to play Roll Top did nothing to add to the role. I hate the fact that he kept his hand because why? Why? <laughs> it's his hand. He's his whole body is a robot. That thing is nothing but liability when he gets into the battle. Yeah, to play to but but to play yeah that's true. I was gonna say but to play devil's advocate, they kept the face, you know. But you know, I definitely agree with oh, you on I that. that. Yeah. You know, I know. I don't know, the, the the original is far beyond superior than you know. Like I said, you know, the the millennials nowadays, the young kids might say, "Are you crazy? That old one doesn't even look like a real robot." But like you know, Paul Verhoeven's movie, it had like you said, you know, you didn't agree with me that it had heart, but this movie had heart. RoboCop had heart, you know, especially him, you know, flashbacking to his wife and his kids, and you know, and while he's still having the memories, but being a robot, and then when you go into the sequels, you know, they continue the storyline with the wife, and you know, he pushed her away even though he was still thinking about her. It was it, it was good, and then you know, throw in the whole, you know. The whole like like you said the ultra violence the non PG era you know yeah. it was it was it was a phenomenal movie. I hate when you make a sequel to a movie that um, like it's one thing with Total Recall while the original is really violent uh, it's almost in a comical way. So when they did the Total Recall remake like I said it was based on a story it was based on a source material that was created before the first movie so you. You have something and you can interpret it a different way. Mm-hmm. Cop was not based on a book or a cartoon or a comic. It was the original film made that way. So when you remake it and you just don't even come close to doing anything different with it or interesting, I, I have nothing to say about it. Yeah. And don't make it. If you're going to make. <laughs> and that's a lot of what the people have seen. The first one comic shows are already in the movie. Um, make it. <laughs> Make it rated R. At least try to be somewhat close to the source material. Like Total Recall, was, the reason why the first one called violence because Paul Verhoeven he liked ultra violence, and that's how he wanted to interpret that material that was based on the story. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with the remake not going for that because the original material was not like that. But Robocop is only based on one thing: the other movie. Mm-hmm. So don't make your piece of cheat and water down and take off everything you love that. So totally agree with you. Hated it, hated it. <laughs> yeah. All right, and then one more. Let's just do one more. Um, 
one more. One more, and that's it. <laughs> this this is the last one. The Punishers, because there's been a lot of Punisher films. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I, you know, I would say the reboot or the remake, but I believe, you know, let me if I, and this is all by memory. I'm not even looking at a computer. We have Dolph Lundgren, Ray Stevenson, Thomas Jane, and mm-hmm. uh, that's Ray Stevenson. Th- that's it, right? It's three of them, right? Three Punishers. Yeah. Okay, the Dolph Lundgren one, the Thomas Jane one, or the Ray Stevenson one. Which one do you prefer? So you're not counting Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sorry. The, 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 yeah, well, no, no, you definitely count them, with, especially him and Lou Gossett Jr. That's a classic, but you can count that as well. Here's the thing: I love Punisher. He's one of my favorite comics growing up. I actually read comics. Um, I don't think any three movie has gotten that right, in my opinion. Uh, I think all three movies got an aspect of it right. And if I could almost combine all three movies, you could probably make a good punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the Dolph Lundgren film because I think it it gets the whole... It gets the story. I love the story. If you took the story from the first Punisher, the Dolph Lundgren movie, and gave it to, like, the Thomas Jane movie, mm-hmm. and added some of the violence from Warzone, mm-hmm. you would have basically a perfect Punisher movie. But... Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Uh, I think Libby's first break down what's wrong with each movie. Okay. The Punisher uh, from Dalton Lunger never, he was never, they never actually even called him the Punisher, really. He never had the skull. Um, the production value was very small. It was a very cheaply made movie. Uh, it comes off at times very uh, poorly directed, acted, and, and action scenes. Well, at times, in theory, I think are cool. Never really feel actually real. <laughs> So, it's very 80s cheese. Um, but I love the story. I love the story of, like, the Chinese mafia and the New York mafia arguing. Mm-hmm. And then the Chinese mafia, or the Yakuza, kidnap all the kids of the mob. And then the mob joins forces with the Punisher to save their kids. And Punisher just takes up kills with everybody, which I love that whole story. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not a very well-made movie. Uh, then you get the Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane's film, I remember seeing that over the weekend. I feel like Thomas Jane is probably the best Punisher as far as, like, acting-wise, of all three of them. Yeah. Uh, I think Thomas Jane was great as Punisher. Uh, it was directed by a first-time director who was a screenwriter who wrote movies like The Rock and Con Air. He was, uh, also wrote Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, but this was his first time directing, and I think when you watch that movie, it feels like the first time director. Uh, he doesn't feel like he gets a really good handle on the material. I think a lot of the scenes are very still and don't really they lack any kind of energy or urgency. But I did like um, some of the things they pulled from the comic books, like when he fights uh, Dallas Page. That whole scene is straight out of Welcome Back Frank by Frank Miller. And I think that sequence is awesome and it's very similar to the comic books. It's violent and funny at the same time. Which the Punisher comics actually, like the Miller's comics, actually do a great balance of comedy with violence and gore. And I really enjoyed that sequence. But, John Walter the villain was kind of weak. Uh, the for Punisher film is very little action. Um, I feel like a lot of the characters in the movie are like second-rate actors, and they feel like people who don't... There's no good actors that we've assigned to Volta and... Um, and Tom Jane, even, I will say Ben Foster was pretty good as a neighbor, but they were very underdeveloped. Uh, so it felt like a neutered version of the Punisher. And I guess you could argue he doesn't become the Punisher until the very end of 
Yeah. But he pulls up this whole elaborate plan of, like, getting revenge. It's almost like some diabolical Hannibal Lecter plan that he takes, it takes a month to plan. He's, like, framing the wife, but he kills the wife. It's this weird, like, saw scenario, whereas the character I know was just going there with a machine gun and yeah. kill everybody. He was, he was like a Punisher mixed with a James Bond almost, you know, but a gruff... You know. I get James Bond, but I mean, it's just like he took so long to pull off his plan. It was too elaborate. The Punisher is more about gun size and just taking these dogs head on. Not devising these really complicated plans like that. Uh, so that really I didn't enjoy. That's one thing the Warzone did get right. Warzone, directed by Leslie Alexander, which I thought was a very... Really well made film. I think it was the cinematography at times was a little too bright and colorful. Yeah. Kind of like Batman Forever. Yeah. <laughs> but she really pulled off what the pressure is all about, where he's just going to go in there and blow her head off with a shotgun, which he actually does in the movie. Yeah. Um, so, but the script, again, I think that it was a little over the top of times. The villain, who was like, his name was like Screwface, uh, really over the top. The violence that kind of was almost too over the top. Well, you couldn't really take anything too seriously, and it's probably a Batman Forever rated R version of Punisher. So, like I said, all three of these versions get things right and they get things wrong. Um, if you put a gun to my head and tell me I could only watch one, I'd probably take the Thomas Jane one, only because I love Thomas Jane in that role. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you there. You know, I love Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. I thought he was great. You know, and especially. You know, the thing is, it was like the first Punisher movie, I guess, you know, we saw as, you know, teenagers, you know, that was like one of the first, yeah. you know, actual, they have a Punisher movie, you know, even though he had, the only gripe is there was no skull shirt, he just had a skull knife, you know, that's the only gripe I have yeah. about that, you know, Thomas Jane was great, you know, to me, that's the rich man's, um, Christopher Lambert, thought he was really good, yeah. you know, and I thought he was, like I said, I, I thought he was like James Bond, because he was like, a thinking Punisher. He wasn't like a, a a brute, you know. He had a plan. Yeah. He he you know he fixed up he fixed up his car, you know. Like he had like he had his little gadgets in his in, in his slum slumlord apartment, you know. Everything was like all set up. Ray Stevenson was I just like say, a hun- just talking about this makes me want to watch the Thomas Day Like I haven't seen it in a while. I saw it in theaters. I love how the like. There's scenes in the middle of the movie of like three different hitmen just trying to kill. Yeah, they 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 don't um, they always replay it on Spike usually sometimes you know oh, Spike or yeah, IMC. Yeah, just, yeah the, the best scene in that movie was the um the guy with the guitar. Remember he was singing them a song. Yeah, he was like Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I love about the, the thing I love about the of all three of these movies, my favorite scene is when he finally puts on that bulletproof vest at the end. And spray paints the skull on her, and he has a bow and arrow. He goes to Travolta's place, and he just goes and wipes everybody out there his house. Yep. If there was more of that throughout that film, it would have been a great Punisher movie. Unfortunately, we, got, we didn't really get Punisher until the last 10 15 or 17. Exactly, and then you know it's not, and that movie was not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But if it was, I definitely wouldn't be mad about that Punisher movie. You know. Yeah, I understand that. You know, and the Ray Stevenson one was just, I don't know, it, it was good, but it was all over the place. I just couldn't buy Ray Stevenson as Punisher, yeah. yeah. I could not buy him, you know, and then now, since, you know, now I think, you know, Marvel has the rights back to the Punisher, there's no way Ray Stevenson could reprise that role, because he's, um, in, in, you know, he's in the one of the Warriors 3 in the Thor films, so, that, who who you think they could get as the Punisher? I don't have no idea, who definitely could be a good role for that. I, I, I 
recently watched The Purge Anarchy. Oh, Frank Grillo? Yeah, I thought he was a... He, he is the Punisher in that movie, basically. Yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, he's already been in Captain America too, so I don't think he'll be playing the Punisher, but you watch The Purge Anarchy, and you'll be thinking to yourself, holy shit, this guy should play the Punisher, because he basically is the Punisher in that movie. It's awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a great actor. He's a great actor. Um, I just, they should have called it the Pur- the Punisher energy, and what they should call it. Right? <laughs> well, you could say he's c- kind of close to the Punisher because he's crossbones. So you know he's got know, that. Right? He's got <laughs> that. So close. Just make him the Punisher, damn it. Yeah, he's got that. He's got that skull thing going. Um, man, I could talk about I could talk about reboots and originals with you all day because there's so much movies. But um, you know, definitely plug your stuff, Josh. Yeah, guys. Um, Hit me up on Twitter at SchmoesJTE. Uh, catch me every Thursday on the Schmoes No Movies Podcast. I'm the engineer. I jump on the mic once in a while. Also, I have two shows. I have Box Office Breakdown, which is on the Popcorn Talk Network every Monday. We do. We go over all the weekend numbers from uh, the movies. We talk about upcoming movies and what we think they'll actually make. I have co-host that with Bobby Finstock, Schmoes Karis Trends, on Popcorn Talk Network. It's a really fun show, and it's a good way to get your numbers. And we have a lot of fun. It's not just us crunching numbers. We actually have a lot of fun on that show. And I just started a new show called JTE Movie Things. It's a one-on-one show. It's only 20 minutes long, so it's real, kind of a mini-podcast. I interview some friends of mine from the entertainment industry, and I ask them about the last movie they watched, and then we just kind of get into it and talk about it. But yeah, oof, that's a lot of stuff. Why? <laughs> I know, I was going to say, when do you have time to sleep or go out on a date or just, you know, go, you know, <laughs> when do you have time? Right now I'm in football mode, man. I'll be watching football all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man. No, so you're a you're a, you're a busy guy, man. You're a busy guy, but you know, I'm just, you know, you're everywhere. You're everywhere. So you know, everybody's got to definitely hear your podcast, man, because you definitely are a personality, and you know, can't wait to hear more of your work. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I had a blast coming out here. I love talking movies. I do it whenever I can. All right. Thanks a lot, Josh.